everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 98. Today we're going to be discussing the Oscars, the 2021 Oscars, and the results of the, our Oscar competition, as well as the two losers from the Oscar bowling. Have a Rude. review real quick. Oh, spoiler there. Marco's one of them. And then our main <laughs> review of the new uh, Prime Video exclusive film, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. So without further ado, let's get into our topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. So, coming back here. Uh, Nabil's back with us this week, by the way. So, Hello, everybody. Hi, Nabil. We found, just, um, we found him. We found him. We got, we got to actually see Nabil in person, too, guys. Rare yeah. meetup. He started us strangely from a distance. It was strange. <laughs> just randomly butt heads in Walmart, and he's like, Nabil? James? I know. That was, that, <laughs> I actually did. The, the true story. I turned a corner. I was like, holy shit. I just sent this guy a text. Like, he didn't ago. He didn't know how to interact with us in person, so he put like a, a clear screen in front of us, and we're like, what the fuck are you doing, Nabil? He's like, this is the only way I know how to communicate. The only and if you guys want to know, uh, he had no pants on as well the entire time. So <laughs> just, well, that's why I was a Walmart. Yeah. Classic Nabil. Well, actually, he was overdressed for Walmart, technically. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and guess what? So, Oscars. The, the socks the had the. Oh, no, Mark the so- the Socks had the Nike scooters on them. So. <laughs> they were knee high too. Soccer, <laughs> soccer types. I don't know why. The shin guards in that bitch. <laughs> so Oscars, though, guys, they've twenty twenty one for the twenty twenty Oscars. Pretty much, I mean, the movies from them. Pretty weird time, right? Yeah. So we all did this. I don't. Did you watch most of it or parts of it? I I know you're traveling that day. I I saw the like everything but the first hour. Okay, so, so uh, kind of a unique way they did it this year. Shot it in 24 frames a second. Uh, Steven Soderbergh was a producer, so he gave it a cool style. I think uh, honestly, I actually like this style, the smaller uh, format. I don't know if you guys did or not, but um, it wasn't watched by a lot of people because obviously a lot of people are you know movies are the last thing on their mind, but. I actually like this format, and I kind of hope they stick with it, man. It Should seemed to move a lot smoother, and yeah, it it kept my attention better than most other Academy Awards. So, yeah, I liked it too. Yeah, I liked I liked it. Yeah, I just kind of was hoping they they didn't show like any scenes from a lot of films when they were presenting um, some of the awards, especially some of the bigger ones. And there were no. Um, I know they did a lot of stuff in the pre-show with like the the nominated songs um, and played those, but I would yeah, like to see that Yeah, they were done the beforehand. Well. Yeah. It's a save on time in a way, I think. And It, it was still kinda, ran pretty long. <laughs> it went over it half did. an hour. <laughs> and then they had the whole... Uh, well, because they didn't... They had a new thing where they didn't... They let everybody say their speech. They didn't... Uh, right. There was anything, no time limit. Which was, which was cool because you... Yeah, because you kind of finally heard some stuff. Like, people will not get it. It's so awkward when you hear people getting cut off sometimes. Like, oh, this is right. weird, you know? There was Especially one person like, that went a little long... Um, yeah, one of them went. I was like, "All right, guys, yeah. it's a short film, bro. <laughs> relax." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you thought he won best film? <laughs> hey, but hey, you, you know, it's hey, his moment to shine. Else, yeah, I would have done sure. the same, probably. Or I guess just full of a fucking um, what's it called? Uh, some people have had really short speeches in the past, which are awesome when they go up and like, "Thanks." I'm like, <laughs> "Nice." Joe Pesci does not give a fuck. Seen his speech? All of two seconds of it. Yep. Uh, so, Oscar bowling, we came, uh, close one this year. Nabil, at first, seemed like he was very close, I gotta I, say. I will say, my <laughs> downfall was, there were some picks that I had that usually would have scored huh? higher. Yeah. <laughs> I would have scored higher for, and then ended up, um, getting dinged when they got right, because they were, like, very low scores. So, I, I hurt myself in the numbers game. You went bad. Wolfwalkers, though, over Soul? On animated? Yeah. You were like, this wow. is it. This is how I win. This is how I throw in that goddamn curveball. I saw that. And, dude, truthfully, great movie. So, And out of the few, like it actually is a really solid-ass movie. So, But it still didn't but then stand Marco, against the power Marco and I, though, the power head to head there. Me and Marco was sweating bullets. He was literally dude. calculating stuff yep. at our little Oscar shindig. It was fun, though. It came It came down to just a, like a few categories. Editing, actually, I think. Yeah. It came down to one near the end, and then we both bombed at the end anyway, so it didn't matter. Oh, that was fucking everybody brutal. bombed at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Even the producers of the Oscars. <laughs> I have to say, though, I, uh, Marco and I, on our last pod, podcast number 97, by the way, 
We we actually talked that, um, and I had brought it up. I was like, I wouldn't be shocked if Anthony Hopkins won, and he did. So I was like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. He was but shocked was, he won. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, was still a shocker, so. dude. Like, they, like, no one saw that coming. Really, no one. Yeah, no. the producers were trying to do certain things, and they try to predict it in a way, and because yeah, you know, normally it ends with best picture and stuff. Um, I mean, overall, the winner wise, I think you know that was a big shocker. Um, fucking. Uh, Frances McDormand winning Best Actress was a shocker for me. For no, I was land. surprised. Yeah, I was surprised. That was actually a shocker. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I was like, "I really? mean, she's great, but I was really hoping that Andrew Day was going to win because that was the one redeeming part of that film." Was her yeah, that, Nabil, I same. Vanessa Kirby had won. I wanted, I wanted either uh, Carrie Mulligan to win or um, I Andrew predicted Day. Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be a shocker, but but seriously, like. No yeah, that was just one that was robbed, dude. In my opinion, I like, mean director, the film picture, the thing, but like for like Nomadland, um, Frances McDermott was the film. Yeah, like obviously there was the the story behind yes, it. Yes, she took a shit in a truck. Yeah, we no, we fuck, no bill. Still though, she's had way better performances in other movies than that. It, sure, it, like yeah. James, James and I even said it last time where it's just it's it's mainly just her doing actions. She's not saying much, really. But yeah. she's speaking volumes. Yeah, <laughs> she's way better in Three Billboards Outside of Oh yeah, whatever. Yep, that was so, a great film. Billings or whatever the fuck it. I, I don't remember to tell you the truth, but um, <laughs> much better. This one, it's just like fuck, man. That was the best one, really. This was the best one. That's what I was most disappointed at. But Mark and I still called it, and then we were as it was unfolding, we were like, God damn it. So, and then um, James uh, came in with the winning horse at the end, and uh, I lost. Yeah, and so I actually looked it up, guys. This is my fourth year in a row I've won, so. Goodness. We get it. We get it. We actually captured this one on Instagram, too, so you actually got to see our reactions as I, I saw. Lost. I saw Marco's uh, reaction. Let me tell you, I think he had a few more to drink after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I slammed my fucking drink after that. We had a, uh, you know, shout out to my girlfriend for letting us uh, host us at her place. It was fun. We had a it's lot of good awesome. food. We had some big ass pizzas, pieces, pizza, pizzas, pizza, pieces of pizza. Jesus! Hi, my yeah. name's James. Um, it was some fun. beer that we got fun. from um, from Rustwater. So Rustwater, awesome. yeah, good stuff. Uh, I will say Marco did win uh, uh, the bingo though again. So two time champ right here. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm gonna let him take that slight <laughs> little. He gets a little. Metal and you had already. a handicap, Marco, because I wasn't in either. So you know. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. He yeah, Whatever. he he announced it too and it was like, "Okay, chill the fuck out, dude." I was kidding. <laughs> so, with that, guys, I went into just like we do every year. It's kind of our little fun way of you know, either it's a bad movie, good movie, some weird strange movie. I always pick it based on something. But yeah, I uh I gave you guys each a movie to watch and you guys watched them supposedly. Or Nabil looked at the Wikipedia Maybe. page and then now There's a few it. movie recaps on the YouTube apparently for it, so I just kind of watch those. You know, that's fine. You were like close enough for me. Thanks, Chris <laughs> Stuckman again. <laughs> so, without further ado, let's go with you, Nabil. I'll uh, I'll intro him, I guess. No, I mean, uh, yeah, fuck it. I'll intro him. That makes more sense because right. I gave it to you guys to do, right? <clears throat> or I just like the sound of my voice. I don't know. Either or. So, Nabil, I gave you the 2020 film, The Empty Man. Hey, wait. We gotta try it. Try what? Calling the empty man. Who's the empty man? If you're on a bridge and you find a bottle, you blow into it, and you think about the empty man. Oh, come on, Mandy. How old are you? Tell him the rest. On the first night, you hear him. And on the second night, you see him. And on the third night? Well, on the third night, he finds you. Squirming his way into your thoughts. Like a disease. <laughs> and his message is contagious. So this movie's sitting at a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is on the trail of a missing girl. An ex-cop comes across a secretive group attempting to summon a terrifying supernatural entity. It's released on October 25th, 2020. 
to basically die in theaters. It was directed by David Pryor. This is actually his first movie. He wrote it, but it is based on the Boom Studios graphic novel by Colin Bunn. So this stars James Badge Dale as James LaSombra, Marin Ireland as Nora Quayle, Sasha Favala as Amanda Quayle, and Samantha Logan as DeVar Walsh. So before we go into the movie, DeVille, uh, why do you think I chose this? I think you enjoy giving me horror films because I don't watch many of them. Um, but that it was something that was more a psychological uh, thriller as well. And you knew, you do know I enjoy those kind of movies. And yeah. that's, that's definitely what this film was. Is not it, it went a direction I did not expect. And, uh, the and genre I felt really bad for you for having to watch that fucking um, John Travolta film last year. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, so man. before you tell me about what you thought about it, Nabil, uh, this is just a little... It, this is the last 20th Century Fox movie to be ever released, by the way. Officially? So. Oh. Yes. Right. So, with that logo. Some say Fox, but it's 20th Century Fox, so this is the final one. Um, that it, It's pretty long. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but... Oh, yeah, quite They tried time. to release, like, a 90-minute cut of this, and it, uh, it didn't even do... The test audience were even more pissed off, so they're like, fuck it. And Disney was like, we don't know how to release this, just throw it in. <laughs> so, it's a movie that I actually think is um underrated i actually enjoyed this one quite a bit and it's a movie where just like you nabil it's there's it it, it kind of fucks with your head a little bit well what's going on with it so it's yep. kind of one of those movies where i like that and there's actually some pretty chilling imagery so anyways well what'd you think nabil you know surprisingly enough i actually enjoyed the film uh, I too agree, especially with the Rotten Tomatoes score. I I thought it was a bit uh, underappreciated. I th- do think I understand some of the holdups on the movie because um, it kind of feels like two films, or in some instances even three films Almost, during the movie. Yeah. Um, and I kind of feel like it should be more of a. Uh, it should have been like a two-parter, and especially with the opening scene. I mean, that's like a twenty-minute opening scene before you. Yeah, see the it's title like screen, twenty, you know? twenty-five minutes, and yeah. just to set up something that happens. And, and in the then past, it's like, yeah, hey. and then it's just a different movie from there, you know. And then it connects at the very end, but it's like okay. Um, but no, I actually really enjoyed the film. I thought it was a really good watch. It wasn't too scary, which, you know, and it wasn't very gory either, which, you know, those are the things that I really just not in (laughs) the mindset with most of the time. The bill for a minute there, I thought you were going to say, and then, uh, John Travolta shows up out of nowhere. (laughs) He's like, my name's Moose. Hey guys. Yeah. Yeah. There, there wasn't a lot of gore. It it was psychological for sure. And that's, those are the kind of thrills I do enjoy. Um, and I, I kept wanting to know what was going to happen next. Like I kind of got the idea of what was happening in the film, and uh, for the most part. But I was trying yeah. to. There was a lot of imagery, and I'm like, is there a connection here that I'm not getting? So some of that I get lost on, um, and I did have to do some follow ups after the film. And explanations were exactly what was in my head, which is like, you know, it could be this, it could be that. I'm like, okay, so it's not really. There, are, it's kind of up. It's one of those movies. It's up to interpretation, really. So. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And truthfully, even by the end, it's so bizarre that you're like, I. I guess that's what they meant by this. Yeah, it's like there's a the, one of the things um, that as a slight spoiler. I'm not going to go into like specifics, but they try to do uh, because it's psychological. There, there's like an, a, a whole idea of you know is everything we saw real or not? Um, and it's weird yeah. because you could probably go throughout most of the movie and say yeah, a lot of this was probably in in his head, but there are a couple instances where. Like, he makes a certain phone call to somebody, and so that person was real, but does that person actually, you know, what was their interaction? Was that an actual thing? Or there was somebody that recognized him from before as well in the film, and so obviously those people are real, but then is he not real? And so it's, there are some weird questions and, and like, a loophole of trying to figure out what was reality and what wasn't, which, which is interesting. Um, but like I said, I think that could have maybe been fleshed out more if they could have done it as a two-parter. Um that maybe would have benefited the film as a whole, but yeah, I mean it. It was it was a very interesting film, and I certainly liked the acting. I, li- I liked the uh, the guy, uh, uh, James Badgedale. Me he, too. He's actually, he's a very solid actor. He's usually like a bad guy in a lot of movies, he is, so it's kind of yeah. cool that he's he's like the lead here. It just mm-hmm. sucks it's in like such a fucking like random movie where like a lot of people <laughs> didn't see him. But this movie is gaining traction. That's also why I just wanted to oh, show really? it to you. It's um. It's getting a lot following. more. It's getting kind of a cult following going on. So especially because it came out during the uh, before time or the forbidden time, I guess. 
honestly, when it was called The Empty Man and I saw the title, I, I was like, oh, so it's going to be some kind of like, I'm in the woods, Slender Man kind of thing. And I was like, no, yeah, jump scares everywhere, like, you, know. you know, yeah. No, it turns out no, that wasn't the case at all. Tibetan, Tibetan demonic fingers or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that, that, that opening, I gotta say, is almost, it's very chilling when they, uh, the uh, the creature that they run into, there's a statue of it, just a, the trivia thing. It's based on a, what is it, H.R. Geiger or whatever, his creation. Like, he mm-hmm. actually he came up with it, too. So oh. Same guy that did uh, designed uh, the aliens in Alien. So Yeah, great imagery, great shots. Again, that first part of the film was, was a completely different film, but it was very intriguing. Um, just it, it was very yeah. enthralling to go through, but then, like I said, it kind of stops abruptly, and then you go into a different part of the film, and... Um, it's it it's goes from like a detective story almost, and then suddenly it gets supernatural, yeah, ish, and then like it just it just changes tone as you go. And I'm I'm sure that's intentional. Um, it's just a very it's different to see that in a film in general with with having so many different themes and so um specific in the time. Like it's this is where we are here, and now we're moving into this kind of genre, and then we're moving into this genre. You know, just transitions. Yeah. Each yeah. uh, each phase, yeah. Like, the, like I said, uh, Disney pretty much was just like, just released the whole thing. Fuck it, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm glad but, that they did because a 90 minute cut, I feel like, would have just. I can almost see where they would cut things, but also that would take away from the, the overall, and then there'd be like a fabled fucking director's cut that like it's way right. better, it's closer to the graphic novel. Yeah. Um, so Nabil, would you? Uh, who would you recommend this to then? Um, like horror fans or? I, I mean, again, there's not a lot of gore. There's some, there's some death. So there's some, some, you know. You don't always have to have gore, by the way, for a horror film to be good. By the way, I, yeah, I know. But there's a lot of the more like popular terrible. ones are like either very gory or just jump scares, which I didn't feel like had, this film had a lot of that. Um, it is very much more of a if you like the psychological things, you know, mind fuck kind of situation. This is this is that kind of film, uh, and I think that that has a pretty good appear uh, appeal for most horror fans. So. Uh, I'd recommend it in that sense. That might be something right out my alley, actually, Nabil. Yeah. Uh, if you were going to give it a grade, what would you give it, Nabil? I guess I give it a, a C plus. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Yeah. All right, let's get into Marco's pick here. So for Marco, what I picked for you was the 2003 film Memories of Murder. <laughs> So this is uh, 94% on the Rotten Tomatoes. In a small Korean province in 1986, two detectives struggle with a case of multiple young women being found raped and murdered by an unknown culprit. This was released on May 2nd, 2003. Directed by Oscar-winning director Bong Joon-ho, who also did Snowpiercer, Okja, and of course Parasite. Uh, written by movie? Bong... Yeah, like, hmm? Okja! <laughs> so this was written by uh, Bong Joon-ho and Sungbo Shim. This stars Kang Ho-song. As Detective Park Duman, Kim Sang Young as Detective Seo Taeyon, Ro Ha Kim as Detective Cho Young Koo, and No Sheik Park as Baek Kwang Ho. So, <clears throat> Marco, before we get into this too, just like uh, asking Nabil, uh, why do you think I picked this? Because you love me. I mean, <laughs> also, I think I made you watch the. Mem- I, I get last year. I, I have more fun when it's something I've actually seen, and I like shitty things sometimes. I think. I think. I think it's because, for one, it's by. Bong Joon Ho, and you know that I've slowly been become like a fan of his, and uh, yeah, yeah, like I want to watch the rest of his movies, and it's probably a way to nudge me to watch more of his movies. Also, because it's part of the official top two hundred and fifty narrative feature films on Letterboxd, and um, mm-hmm. also because it, the movie is part of uh, a Criterion collection. Yeah, no, you're hitting it pretty much. I mean, I wanted but to pick something good for you. I was actually was shocked. Things. I was like, this isn't... Yeah. When, when I... Because I went in blind, obviously. I, oh, really? Yeah. You were yeah. like, fuck. I didn't watch the I actually had a different yet. movie for you first, I recall. And then I last, like, ten minutes later, I was like, I actually watched this instead. 
<laughs> yeah, I was I was actually surprised. First, I saw, you know, when when I started it, that it was um, that it was directed by Bong Joon Ho, and I'm like, oh no, please don't let this be a fucking bad movie. I I don't don't tarnish his reputation for me. And no, it it just it, it grabbed me from from the get go. Yeah. So um, let me tell you first, real quick, on top of this. So, um, I've seen all of Bong Joon Ho's movies. I watched them all last year, as you guys recall, maybe. <clears throat> They're all readily available. This was the one that was hardest to find, actually. Memories of Murder was just recently released on uh, digital, and because Criterion just released it too, about a week or two ago, actually. Yeah. So, because of that, I wanted you to see something. I know this one runs a little pretty long too, by the way. These are both pretty long movies. Just a but bit. It, the pacing-wise, I think just like his other movies works pretty well. But yeah, you marked, you pretty much hit the mark. So I wanted to give you something that was kind of different. I know you're fairly newer to Asian cinema, so it's like, hey, this is and this is considered like a absolute classic and masterpiece. So this is like his one of his top films that he's ever made. So yeah, it was only his second movie that he's made too, and his his um, wild right. Yeah. Um, yeah, his first collaboration with Kang Ho Song too, who he's used multiple times in his other movies. He's been in Snowpiercer, he's been in Parasite. So um, it was interesting he's to in see. The, like, he's really the good first. in the host too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember you mentioning that. But yeah, I, but yeah, what do you think? <laughs> I I really enjoyed it, man. It, it had because like because of the plot and the fact that it's 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 basically like a a murder mystery type movie they're they're going after this fucking serial killer it had and the murders are just fucking gruesome by the way like it's it's just fucking horrible to watch and, and marco and, side note dude uh and i don't know these are this is based on a real story yeah it's yeah like, yeah it's all yeah. happened yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact uh it took uh bong joon ho a year to write the script and he he's been quoted as saying that the first six months of that year is all research in studying the case because nice. it was a real case that happened back, um, I think it, it did happen back in the eighties, and yeah. the the reason it actually has drawn some attention and I think why it was like re released, like you were saying, is because they recently solved the murder. Actually, they fucking caught him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like in, a year ago, insane. a year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah, it, it it kind of felt akin to the movie Zodiac. Yes, yes. And I felt much. that vibe. There was a lot of like similar cinematography and even down to like the characters where where the the case and the murders were wearing down the two detectives that were trying to solve the case and that were trying to apprehend like the uh the serial killer to the point where they just like kept seeing him and everyone that they were suspecting and I liked how like the whole thing took a toll on them and you see their characters change throughout this entire movie. And it's almost like, because, uh, Kang Ho Song plays detective park who is from the small town where, where the murders are happening. And then, uh, detective Seo Yoon, I believe he's the one that's from, uh, Seoul, the capital who's come in to kind of assist the small timers to help them solve this case. that doesn't happen around their town. And it's yeah. almost like their they their personalities almost like crisscross throughout the movie. You see the detective from Seoul who's more like a, a straight shooter by the book. Yeah, he, he starts. He's to, like the big city cop, right? He's like, yeah, he's I'm, he's always questioning the uh, the small town detectives and telling them that hey, you're corrupt, you're you don't follow the rules, you beat your suspects, you torture them, and you do see that happen throughout the movie. But you start to see. That the at least the main small time cop park he starts to withdraw from that and actually starts to really do detective work, and the other guy starts to be more like corrupt and and more like on, on edge and I kind of liked that 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 dynamic. Um, the cinematography was great in this movie. Also, I mean it's it's Bong Joon Ho. I know it's only his second movie, but man, that guy just has an eye for things and he he doesn't shy away from detail at all. Like. You see the murder scenes and stuff, and it's just like it's it's it makes you feel uncomfortable. Like it's it's like damn, like you really kind of do want to shy away. And the way he lingers yeah. his shots on on the uh, crime scenes and stuff, I'm like, god damn, dude, this is like making me a little unnerving. So uh, this the script, the dialogue, everything was great. It it it's a dark movie, but it also has like comedic elements to it. 
because it, it has that uh, that flavor that Bong Joon-ho brings to his movies where like it'll be like something like goofy that happens in the middle of like a serious scene um, all of a sudden like there's a fight breaking out or something and it's um, it, it's an interesting <laughs> they, style <laughs> I gotta say like like the dude it looks like everybody knows how to do like kung fu and shit at one point I'm like Jesus Christ. yeah they man they <laughs> utilize the double kick a lot the flung double kick they, a lot yes they do the guys they, they have literally scenes where guys run up to like save someone and they're doing like a jumping kick and I'm yeah. like <laughs> not trying to be racist here but do they all know karate and that, shit that kick was improvised the very first one and they just kept doing it really yeah that's how you then so I was like oh that's pretty like cool that. And it's nice. it's very the movie's also very meta, dude. The way it kind of like in entices the audience to be like involved and stuff and, and um mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it, but there's a lot more that goes into that too. And it it's definitely worth the payoff at the end. Overall, like it's it's a fucking solid movie, dude. Really. Like I really fucking enjoyed it. I watched it with my brother, I was like, Hey, you wanna watch this movie? It's either gonna be really good or it's gonna be really shitty. I don't know, it's James's punishment for me. And the oh, whole yeah, time no, I'm these watching aren't really, it. these aren't really punishments. These were like you were, <laughs> were you thinking like, <laughs> I was like, is this gonna get worse, y- dude? Yeah, the whole time I was waiting for it, I was like, all right, when does it start to unravel? When does it start to turn to shit? And it, it didn't. I was just kind of enthralled the whole time. Uh, I, I watched it all in one sitting too. I didn't like watch it in pieces. I I was like, I, That's the I way have to, to fucking finish good. this movie. And even the fucking score was good, man. It's just there's really nothing bad about the movie. Yeah, it's like an hour and 15 minutes long, almost like two hours long. But like James was saying, the pacing is done very well. Even though there's not a lot of action that happens, there is a really cool chase scene in the middle of the movie where the yeah. two detectives chase their uh, their prime suspect and he's like losing them in, in this mine where like there's a bunch of workers and stuff and it, it's like very heart pumping and it's probably like the most like actiony part of the movie. But the, the rest of it works, man. It's just the, the acting, the, the characters, the... The whole story, man, it's it's um, it's very well done. Like if you're like, I'd say if you're into these types of movies, like murder mysteries, like gumshoe detective type movies, then this is probably something up your alley. Like just get get nice. away from from you know the fear of having to read subtitles, because you, you'd be surprised. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if there's a dub for this, but I can only imagine there might be. But like, I don't, watch it in the. I don't think it'd language. do it justice, man. Not at all. Yeah, I, I um slight spoiler, so if you don't want to hear it, skip ahead to our review. But at the very end, I like that he's um, Bong Joon Ho. Purpose. This is the scene that I like probably the best in the whole thing too. Yeah, he's has a uh, Detective Park directly looking at the camera. Yeah, and he's talking directly to the killer, which is meta in a way. I don't know if this is what you're mentioning, Marco. But yeah, because he technically was... the killer was never caught, so more than yep. likely that killer saw this movie. Yeah, he was. Uh, he <laughs> yeah, wanted so it to to feel as if he was you know, calling he was him out. Him. Like, yep, yeah, we're gonna find you one day. You know, he didn't realize it was gonna take fucking twenty more fucking years. But I mean, you know, and I like that. That it's it's very chilling actually. That that whole mon uh, monologue he has. It's like fuck, dude. You know? Yeah. So loved it. Uh, what would you give this as overall grade, then, Marco? Uh, I'd give this one a solid A. Nice. Yeah, if you guys look, uh, I mean, you guys could have looked at both of these on my letterbox too. And, you know that I agree, so. Yeah. <laughs> you know that I agree. Okay, so that was it. Actually, Wasn't too bad, right, guys? Speaking of which, I, I didn't put it on the letterbox. I should add it there. Yeah, add it there. Um, so Nabil had the lonely, the lonely man, sorry, the empty man. <laughs> and Marco had um, Memories of Murder. So both. One's a crime thriller, I guess. Mystery thriller. And Nabil's was a horror thriller, so. Name of the game was Thrillers, I guess. I wanted to get something unique for you guys that, you know, like, oh, go watch a... I don't fucking know. Failures movies first, like I James like, the, You guys got to watch these, goddammit. I'm going to make you watch. I know. This is my only way sometimes to so just force it down your guys' fucking throat. <laughs> but outside Jesus. of that, that's about it. So let's get into our main review, though, guys, of Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. On your feet. Senior Chief John Kelly is more dangerous and effective than any man we have in the field. The only thing he has more than kills are medals. Somebody would like to talk to you. John, if you're done in there, 
We need you to get back in the field. Senior Chief Kelly, it appears you have a common enemy with the United States. They took everything from me. My family. I got nothing left. So this movie's sitting at a whopping 44%, as Mark would say. On the good old Rotten Tomatoes. John Clark, a Navy SEAL, goes on a path to avenge his wife's murder, only to find himself inside of a larger conspiracy. This just released on Friday, uh, April 30th, 2021, on Prime Video. This is directed by Stefano Salima, uh, who directed Sicario Day of the Soldado, 2018. This is written by Taylor Sheridan, who also wrote Hell, um, Hell or High Water. Sorry, I wrote the wrong. Sicario, Wind River, and uh, also was written by Will Staples, who just uh, wrote... An episode two of the new Disney Plus show, The Right Stuff. This stars Michael B. Jordan as John Kelly, Jody Turner Smith as Karen Greer, Jamie Bell as Robert Ritter, Guy Pierce as Secretary Clay, and Lauren London as Pam Kelly. I'll start with you, uh, Nabil. What did you think about Tom Clancy's Without Remorse? I was, you know, I was a little underwhelmed. I think is the best way to put it. Um, gotcha. I didn't, I didn't necessarily hate the film, but I. I guess I was expecting more from from it, like I would have with, uh, like I did with uh, the Jack Ryan series, especially that. Yeah. First side season. side note here to viewers: this is set in the um, Jack Ryan universe as well, from uh, the Prime the video, Prime. starring um, yeah. John Krasinski, right? John Krasinski. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah, and I mean, you don't really see much of a connection directly in this film, um, but that's I think the yeah, we'll talk about it soon. Yeah, but the tone of the movie and, and where it was going, it's I thought it was going to be more... I don't know. I didn't feel that same feeling I did when I saw the John Ryan se- uh, series. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I was just a bit underwhelmed from the movie. Uh, what about you, Marco? I would say about the same. I, I think that the highlight of the movie was definitely Michael B. Jordan. I mean, he's he's good in everything. Oh, I mean, you, yeah. you give him shit and he'll, he'll turn it into something great, really. Even like the dialogue, like that he was given, was crappy. But his delivery, I think, made it interesting and worth a watch. At least his delivery did. Yeah, yeah, his delivery. I was just like, man, that's such a shitty line. But you know what? He's doing it so well. <laughs> I'll give it to him. The the yeah, the dialogue and the story were just eh, meh. The 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 story itself was just kind of very simple, to the point. You could see shit coming a mile away. Like I was just like, I, right. I kind of already knew that, but okay. Uh, it's, I, I guess for being set in the Jack Ryan universe, it, it is kind of like a letdown because I mean, I saw the first season of the show and that, that was actually pretty good. This is just kind of like, second season? I haven't seen the second season yet. No. Oh, wow. Okay. So season three, I believe season. is coming out this year too. So yes, it is. Well, it looks like I need to catch up, yeah. but, but yeah, it was just kind of very vanilla for me. Like it was just like, Okay. It's like events seem to happen just, just because you know, and uh, at times like the action was just kind of like meh. Okay, I didn't really feel like any tension, so it was a uh, lightweight entertaining. Like I guess like if you have nothing else, nothing better to do, then sure watch it. It's free on Amazon if you're a Prime member. So yeah, I would say if you're a uh, well here fuck it. I mean. So I thought, yeah, I thought the plot was a mess, dude. The plot is all over the fucking place. I only, you know, um, yeah, it's one of those things too where the movie has moments that are really cool, you know, and we'll go into more spoiler stuff later. But like, for instance, the beginning scene where they're pulling guys in the water real quick. I mean, that was tight. That was dope. It shot like the best out of anything in the movie. That literal that, yeah. opening scene, that first yeah. minute. <laughs> That's uh, the a best plane part crash of the movie. Scene that I thought was pretty cool. You know, kind of shows the the Navy SEAL kind of training and the how the plane is shifting as it crashed. And I like that, but it's just a set piece, basically. And yeah. it, it almost ends uh, it ends pretty abruptly, too. Like, oh, that was it? Shit. Okay. It does, yeah. Very, on it's a one flat of things, note, dude. Straight up yeah. on a flat note. I will say this much. I like Jamie Bell a lot, actually, which I don't know if you guys Finally. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> gonna... Billy Elliot Praise himself. Praise from James for I'm Jamie Bell. I'm I'll surprised g- that Bill I'll didn't say him. shit. I'll give it to him. I was he letting it. I was going to wait. And he is a red herring, like, throughout the film where you think, like, something's up with him, and then it turns out, like, oh. But, you know, it's obviously, I thought it was pretty obvious. I gotta say, though, Jodie Turner-Smith was fucking terrible in this movie. And, um, super miscast. I agree. 
You know, James, super I fucking heard, miscast. I, I, I listened to a lot of reviews for this film, and um, people are really praising Joni Turner Smith. And you know, she for looks her great in the film. Voice. But yeah, for her acting, like I didn't, I didn't just really terrible. think that she was that great. She's in awesome in Queen and Slim, so I'm not talking shit about her as an actress yeah. and guard. But this is not her fucking. This ain't her. I thought, line, I, I, guess. You know, I thought she was good. Yeah. During the like the action scenes when they were like in battle. But like, dude, but her dialogue, the civilian, the civilian scenes just kind of killed it for me. And also when she rolled up and was like, my men are clean. I'm like, yeah, okay. So that's your dry run, right? What's your real like? Come on. Uh, Give a little fucking emotion. I don't know who's in charge of the wardrobe for this movie, but why did they make her look like a little kid in like an adult fucking costume? Truthfully, it might just be her stature. So I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. It just it looked off. Like the uniform didn't look that fitted on it. It didn't look as compared to everyone else. Everything with her just. I didn't. Screamed I don't think they knew no. what to do with her. I think that they kind of just brought her in, and they didn't know like how to really use her skills. She didn't really have good chemistry with Michael B. Jordan. I felt. I, I felt it was super. They forced. had like a buddy scene kind of thing for a moment, and I was like, "This seems completely off." Like I don't She's know like, what's get going your on. Cup. Yeah, yeah, that that scene specifically, I'm like, I feel no connection here. Like it just feels kind Me of. Me neither. Like, it, it it feels like I two people like acting. That's it. Yep. Yeah. It, and it felt like two people. Exactly, Marco. Exactly. That's what, exactly what I saw. That and I was like, ooh. I don't like when I can call this shit out from a fucking standpoint from this, you know? Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool that he's playing, you know, he's technically John Kelly. But this is him becoming John Clark. Yep. So I don't know if you guys have seen. Well, I saw him recently. You guys probably, you guys have seen him. I know that, like Patriot Games and um, the other Harrison Ford. Like he's played by um, yeah. Willem, Willem Dafoe plays John Clark in that one. And then Liv Schraber plays him in um, uh, Some of All Fears. Yeah. So. It's kind of cool because uh, he becomes one of someone else plays right hand men. So. Robert Ritter also in one of those movies, and he's actually like a traitor in that movie. Really? Yeah, I think it's in Clear and Present I did not Danger. Know that. Yeah. Uh, Karen Greer, though her character is the niece of Jim Greer. That's their one connection to the Ryan universe. So. Yeah, that's kind of cool, right? Um, we won't reveal season two, of course, to Marco because he hasn't seen it. But um, so there's a chance they could probably, you know cross paths and stuff like that and i mean they're uh, se- they're, they're setting up a, a this is just a setup film. movie though man because yeah. uh michael b jordan produced this too and he he's he signed for two movies this and the next one's gonna be rainbow six james so. it Which just feels cool. like a setup movie that's the problem yeah but not a good setup movie no. that's my problem no. with you guys. there's so much stuff like I, there's like i said there's scenes that i like like the when he's getting ready to brawl in the prison which is so random but yeah I mean, that it was he's just looking badass jacked. though He's oh just my god! Was, I, I said that to my wife. I said, "Oh my god, this guy's freaking Jack." He's like, <laughs> I was "He's like, ready for Creed 3, bro." I'm like, "Fuck!" He just threw the water all over himself, and I was just mm-hmm. like, "Well, no one else is in the room here." I guess. James, I'm <laughs> typical Friday night for me. <laughs> mm. This guy hasn't had a carb in three fucking years. Um, stuff like that. That was cool. Like I said, I actually like the plane crash sequence. Uh, but then when they get to Russia, it's just really fucking. It's really just there just to be there to have a scene. It becomes like, almost like a tower movie again, you know, where they're in Dude, building, they're it's all there. in one sa- spot, too. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is their budget was pretty much out by the time they got to it. Wow. It's okay, very stagnant. It. And it doesn't, it's not riveting. It doesn't make you feel on edge. It, like, they're getting I didn't even sniped, like how right? the action was shot, Marco. I agree yeah, with you. Like, it, the way it was sniped, shot, it yeah. wasn't exciting. I was like, okay, I mean, dude, this just, is some badass shit he's doing. And you're shooting it so shitty that I'm like, I guess. Even when, I think when, the they're, right, when they're putting the when they're putting the explosive on the wall when he's doing that to, for them to escape, like it, it's supposed to be a really tense moment. It's like, all right, here we go. You know, it's now or never. And it's like, it just happens. You're like, yeah. Wow. Well, that's the thing. It's that? like, there is, there's a lot of visual tension. There's a lot of things you can see going on, but you don't feel any of it. Like you, you do not feel the urgency. You don't feel like the, I agree. the I'm, passion I'm playing, that's going on, like of the scene. You know, I'm, I don't I'm playing feel the storyline of, storyline of uh, call of duty, Cold War, and I feel more tension and and action in that <laughs> than I did in this fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. It's one. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's one of those things where I think it's because you know what? Because like, what did you guys think of the uh, the second Sicario movie? I thought it was shot oh. better than this. Yeah, I actually haven't seen the second one. Oh well, then fuck. Never mind. <laughs> I I liked it. it it's it's obviously I thought not. It was a- it's not as good as the first one, yeah. but I thought it was better than this movie. It was like, entertaining. Yeah, I'm shocked that it's the same director. Truth be told, and uh, same writer too. So I'm like, fuck, man, what happened here, guys? Um, yeah, it was disappointing overall, though, because you know. I mean, I think also that remember this is this though. I guess maybe that's a bit of a cop up because the Jack Ryan series they did pretty well, but um, you know, Tom Clancy more time to like. 
tell it as a mini, as a series though. Well, I think a lot of the tropes. Yeah, I think a lot of the tropes of of Tom, you know old Tom Clancy films and his books and such. It kind of plays into this, and they try to modernize it a bit, but it. it I don't think the the writers really did much, or the writer really did much with trying to really make the script more compelling. If this was like a film in in the mid '90s, you know, in the same kind of style, it'd probably it probably have a like different it, feel than it was today. It you know? feels yeah. like it almost. It feels like a like '90s film. Didn't it feel like they were trying to go for like a grittier feel of it, but they never got to it? Exactly. Yeah. Like the Sakara movies are gritty as fuck, you know, and you get to this, and it's like <laughs> they're holding back yeah. a lot, dude. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I mean, which you is shown. I'm not Weird. saying you got to show a pregnant lady shot up, but I mean, wouldn't hurt. I do well at least get her shot in the head. <laughs> okay. dude. That doesn't have to show the whole fucking thing, but man, yeah, it was yeah. shot so poorly. I'm like, what's he screaming at? You know, like, right? Someone Even uh, the my, moment my where, pistachios on the bed, <laughs> where he's uh, where he's staring at the at the Russian guy on the floor. I'm like, uh, the one that goes on he, about a yeah. 35 seconds too long. Yeah, I'm like, okay. The Dude. most I've ever felt anything out of him um, in this film, Michael B. Jordan, in his character, because you know they were they were really trying to, their best to work with what they got. But the scene where he's he goes after Jamie Bell's character, Robert Ritter, and you know it's like looks like he's damn near going to you know do something. Oh yeah, when he's like, that, yeah, but that's a, that's just that just adds to the red herring scene. Right, but that's what I'm saying. That scene he right there was the, the uh, only I time was, I really felt something from him. The, I was the telling, chewy to to Lando scene. I was telling my brother. <sighs> I saw my brother. It felt like a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's <laughs> what going with Nibel's nineties vibe, yeah. yeah. Trust me, I've been like, watching it, a lot of nineties films yeah, this last dude, week yeah. too. I was like, it's it's your it's your standard his his wife gets killed at the beginning and he goes on a like revenge spree or whatever, you know, or he has to go yeah. out and get revenge. I'm like all that's missing that is for him to say, I'm just a cook, you know? <laughs> no, all that's missing is a oh, man, I'm just watching a lot of Van Damme shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I Van had Damme the vibe. Shit. I had the vibe going through New Orleans, hunting down homeless all people. The, uh, all the splits. You want to do the splits, yeah. <laughs> where, where he's like, what happened to your daddy? <laughs> um, let's get into the spoilers, guys. Cause I do want right. to talk about the, the ending here and, and kind of let loose here. So uh, if you guys don't want to listen to the rest, skip ahead to our outro. Stop listening to us. All right, so, guys, it, it's pretty obvious, I thought, personally that guy pierce was the bad guy oh way. yeah dude he plays it they cast all the, the biggest fucking name and they're like <laughs> yeah. he's a nobody don't worry about it i'm like so he's the same to... guy from iron man 3 okay cool yeah they kind of like hey he wants to start a war yeah and then it's like ritter's kind of made to almost seem like he is because he's such a dick to everyone in the beginning and you know he didn't CIA, tell about the, that's what they yeah do. that's true and then he's just like, you know, he tells them, like, these guys are wild, blah, blah, I'm like, dang, man. Or, But, hey, that's them also just throwing me off the lead, I guess, or off the scent of it all. But, uh, I mean, we all saw this coming, right? I don't think this was shocked. I, I thought maybe Nabil would be shocked. That's it. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> Sometimes Nabil gets shocked by the little things. Like, oh. I do. Yeah, that's true. But it's like, hey, you look around, you look at your wife, he's the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't twirl his mustache this time. What the hell? He's not wearing anything weird. Um, and then, like, even that was a fucking pretty anticlimactic ending, like, right? Like, they're trying to show him, like, in, a, like, a ethereal world of, like, between heaven and, like, dying or some shit, like, twice, and I'm like, yeah, you can't just show this twice, though, man. This should be a reoccurring thing. Seriously. I don't know, the I, it this twice. felt so off. I was like, this, this doesn't belong here. What? It's exactly what I thought. I'm like, <laughs> ooh, stylistic cho- choices, switching it up near the end, too. Weird. Yeah. And I was like, how are they going to make that look like a suicide if he's chained up in his car? I'm not sure how they made that. Like, did he cut him off, cut off the cable or the, the they didn't cuffs show. or what they do there? They didn't show us in the bill. Yeah. I don't know. No, they didn't. I asked I the same thing. I was like, done. he was in the passenger seat, though. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? I, once again, guys. So did the dive team, like, move him and did it, like. Okay. Then, but then it, wouldn't a real person know that he died in that spot or because of the Also, impact? you know, he was there for dinner, so the guards were just like, oh, he just ran off. Yeah, what happened to the guards, yeah. by the way? How'd they get out of there? Yeah. There was, was like, like five fucking guards there. there. Yeah, they were eating at another table. It's like, that's they're secret service, man, so they're ex-military most of the time, too. So Or was that his personal goons that are in on? I don't know. Yeah, shit. true. Who knows? I yeah. don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like, okay. Um, there's also a mid-credit scene, by the way, that's 
pretty deep into the credits. I don't know if you guys missed yeah. it or not. <laughs> yeah. um, Dude, I stopped it right as it was starting. I was like, oh, there's more. Because I waited. I was like, is there going to be anything else? I was like, I guess not. I looked it up to see, and I was like, oh, something mid-credits. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> so it's basically um, John is – it's a year later, and he's talking to Ritter about creating a, um, you know, a group of basically – uh, specialists from all over the world, and he's gonna call it Rainbow, so aka Rainbow Six. So why Rainbow? Um, it's personal. It's personal. <laughs> By the way, what what was personal about that? I Dude, do I I don't that know. fucking reference. I don't know. I, My I niece just asked it was me. Maybe she's like, "Why is it called Rainbow?" And I, I looked over and I was like, "Truthfully, I've watched this movie almost twice at this point. I don't even fucking know." <laughs> I thought it was because he saw the rainbow underwater, and I was like, "Maybe it's just that." He oh, saw was that flight. it? Did he? Was that yeah. it? That's the only time I saw a Rainbow in the film. So. Oh. I thought it was called Rainbow because it was a collaboration of everybody from, you know, all equal into one, like a rainbow. Yeah, like colors, Skittles. Different, different nations. Taste yeah. the rainbow. <laughs> like Skittles. <laughs> uh, what would you guys want to see in a sequel then? For me, personally, I want to start off uh, a little more plot would be nice. Uh, rainbow uh, Six it, Vegas, just that whole plot line, it'd be fine. Just, <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, even know just, what he's doing um, anymore at this point, so it's like just an elite force. Play the video games and borrow yeah. elements from the storylines. How about that? It's it's written. For I would you, say bro. don't do that because <laughs> I don't think any of those Rainbow Six games are particularly fucking good. Like as a uh, movie, Ram- again, Rainbow Six Vegas, a great game. Yeah, I but I, mean, I think it's I'm probably, pretty sure this is based James, on the Rainbow Six novel, guys. Pro- probably. I, I mean, it's probably better than the shit we got with this. So that's true. I that's guess why. I just want more plot, more of a team focus. Maybe the building of the team. Maybe throw Jack Ryan in there. That'd be cool, right? Yeah. Give us a reason. It'd to be nice be like, oh, to be able to see if if they kind of built some character development as well in it. So you got six people. They're all like friends or whatever. And, and no, maybe they we can't can get be a connection friends, Bill. They have to come in with their differences like the Mighty Ducks and then they become <clears> yeah, and then, the they, they, then they become a team. A little more structure, you know, uh, make everything more tighter. Yeah. Uh, actually have some real tension. Like Get a better cinematographer too. Let a fucking scene breathe Please. too, for fuck's sake. Just a little bit. Gosh, yeah. he's going through a lot of shit. Seriously. Dude, at one point, I'm like, how many times has he been shot? <laughs> like, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Like, oh, let fuck. me breathe, dude. I'm like getting it's concerned just, over here. Well, I mean, look how it's, fucking yoked he is, though, man. That's yeah, true. I mean, that's, that's why it's true. so disappointing, Shady, though, is right. because, because Michael B. Jordan really put a lot of effort into it. And the scenes itself, the way they were put together, just like that last you know, epic fight scene um, at the end of the film when they were doing the shootout and he was by himself. He was putting his all in there. You could see it, yeah. but I just, see, you didn't but feel here's it. Thing. I don't feel like it's that epic, dude. They make it look like, okay, it's cool that he, you know, he walks out of it, but up until that point, it's it's shot, it's shot so shitty, dude. Right. Yeah. I'm like, God, this is the best fucking That's the problem. for this? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I and they literally it's... are in a stairwell for like 15 minutes, by the way. I'm like, they're still in the same <laughs> fucking stairwell. <laughs> Did you notice that? So dumb, yeah. And the same hallway they keep looking down. I'm like, dude, they've been here fucking an hour ago. Also, that sniper has unlimited ammo because he just kept shooting. I was like, I didn't see the sniper reload once. And also, Mike B. Jordan's pistol also got about a thousand rounds in it. He also was able to blind throw a grenade onto those cop cars easily with accuracy. A hundred ten, right? I was like, dude, I'm like, okay, NPC. What is this? Yeah, this guy's ace in the police, and he didn't kill a single one with a grenade throw. No, okay. No, no, not a single one. He's like, I'll hold him off. And I was like, is this supposed to be, like, sacrificial? Because, like, no one gives a fuck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to hate on it now, maybe but it's if like... he's more involved in the next movie, like, I know he's busy probably with Creed 3, but, I mean, if he was more involved, I feel like it would probably be better. Like, he would I mean, actually... he's an executive producer. This is a production company that made this shit. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I but, I mean, he's pretty producer, hands-on he's just, on this he's one. just throwing dude. cash on it, dude. That's it. You know? Uh, I think he had it. a lot of input on the John Clark character, though, too. That see that shows because it he, like Nabil was saying the performance is good even though the way it was filmed is horrible like he's still giving yeah. it his all and I think no that's no the, it, that's he definitely only saving is grace. The, the highlight yeah. yeah yeah that's his only saving grace that and Jamie Bell although you know what I did even, see this even, yeah, oh yeah Jamie Bell because even Guy Pierce I was just like dude like I just I don't care like yeah Jamie Bell seemed like he was like I need to be in some sequels so I gotta keep this shit up <laughs> please care, uh, fucking Jody Turner Smith can stay home for the next one. Yeah, or somebody you know that might actually know. How she to gets recast. I'm like, damn. <laughs> she moved on. Shit, She's not part son. of the Rainbow Six team. I will say though, my dad watched it and he liked it, so he he's pretty yeah. easy to please. So, right um, what would you guys? Um, anything else? Any last comments here on Tom Clancy's Without Remorse? I, I wish I saw John Krasinski in the film. Just a little cameo. 
dude. Yeah, but I knew it wasn't gonna happen. That I, that's what I was hoping for at the end, like in the mid credit scene. I thought he was gonna show up. I was like, come on, please, for fuck's sake, please. But no, it didn't happen. If it was set between the two seasons, maybe that's all. I was like, yeah. I don't know how the fuck they're gonna connect this shit. So, or at least Jim Greer, that'd be cool, right? He's like, hey, yeah, what's up, motherf- right. what's up, motherfucker? <laughs> and they actually, they fucking don't even. They just try to mix it up, and it's fucking James Earl Jones from the other movies. <laughs> <laughs> just there. Aren't you time dead? jump. What the fuck? Aren't you oh, dead, dude? Shit. He dies in that shit. So, um, all right. So, what would you guys? Uh, what What's your grade overall, Marco? I guess I'd still give it a C minus, man. And what about you, Nabil? I'd give it a C, just solid C. I would give it a C minus as well. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Kind of a short pod, nice and sweet here. We didn't want to keep your ears bleeding from the last time. Me and Marco were just laughing and crying, talking about Ewok Adventures. So, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Feedback, responsive reviews. Uh, I see we're at a four point six now, by the way. Just a heads up. So, fuck, we're almost there. Uh, Marco, how can they uh, check us out? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MoviePalsPod. Also, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, or Stitcher, smash that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. And I didn't say this last time or maybe even the time before, but if it's your first time listening to us, welcome. Thank you for giving us a shot, for listening to us. Hopefully you stick with us for you know the long run. Also, like James was saying, leave us a review. Give us five stars. Let us get back up there. We're so close, guys. Yeah. So next uh, episode, look at this, guys. Episode 99. Look at this. We are fast approaching 100. 100 episodes of podcast. That's enough. So if any one of us dies, you have enough information for our voices to put us in a robot probably one day. Yeah, That's recreate. syndication, guys. We on reruns now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're about, oh, we, hey, we might just tell you guys we're calling it quits after 100. You're like, well, that was fun for the last four fucking years. Have yeah. fun, guys. To, to everyone so, no. that thought we would last only 10 episodes, well, joke's on you. All right, so uh, stay tuned, guys, for episode 99. We're going to be doing the new, not, I mean, re- reboot horror film, maybe soft reboot, sequel. Uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw. So we're going to be checking that out. Nabil is going to wear a shirt for this one. He's I'm actually maybe. dressing summer, up so. as the oh, jigsaw okay. puppet. So he's going to be wearing the... <laughs> Very creepy face, just, facial. Just uh, white don't don't paint uh, don't ask him where the spiral is. He's <laughs> yeah. got a small suit on too. He's like, want to play a game? <laughs> so we're gonna theme this one. Just kidding. So episode ninety nine. <laughs> Stay tuned. It's gonna, it's gonna be a blast. I'm not sure Wild how it's gonna about. go, but it looks like it's it's gonna go. So until then, this is James and Marco and the Beal. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> Just Marco's last make Just wheezing on the outro. <laughs> oh shit. He said he's wearing a little suit. <laughs>